Podcast. I'm Charlie, and over here next to me is my tag team partner, Mark. Welcome back to the DGI Multiverse and all our new members joining us today. Uh, we're going to go over a little bit of wrestling in this episode of In Between the Ropes. So, let's get started. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? There was there was so much wrestling, man. Like, yeah, within uh, the past, what? Well, we, shoot, we were recording the day of SummerSlam, the last yeah. time we recorded, and a lot has happened since then. Yeah, you know, we obviously, like Charlie said, we recorded on the day of SummerSlam last time, so... Um, I didn't even realize when we were recording that we were getting payback the following weekend. Yeah, me neither. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, I may, I almost made the joke on social media through our, our, our pages that, like, you know, I, I completely forgot there was a pay-per-view today. Yeah. And I did. Like, I was going into work that night, and I'm like, I don't know what caught my eye on the internet, but, like, something was like, oh, tonight it won't pay. I'm like, what? I was like. Oh shit! I forgot that was that <laughs> right. was happening. Well, yeah, because they gave us you know seven days, not even right. Well, yeah. you you go from one Sunday to the next, and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, here's a pay per view, and uh, here's the super rushed build to get some matches. Well, in. it made it made me it makes me laugh though because like I think I talked about it a little bit on the last show about you know people, you know obviously fan bases are I don't want to say divided right now. But there are the AEW fans and there's the WWE fans. And if you've been listening to us, you probably like, well, you know, clearly we appreciate AEW a little bit more at the moment, but doesn't necessarily mean they're better or this, that, and the third. We like them more. It's just, we just consistently, they've been putting out a better product. Right. Um, however, you know, when you talk about build, which I see thrown around all the time on the internet about these two companies. And when you are talking about major wrestling, you have to compare something to one another. Yeah, you, you, you know what I mean. Like, like for the longest time, WWE was comparable to Impact because Impact was the only kid on the block with WWE, which wasn't fair to Impact. <laughs> no, not at all, because Impact doesn't have the billions of dollars. I mean, and neither does does AEW for that matter. I mean, the cons have a lot of money, but this is kind of like a side hustle. Obviously, you know, they they run their soccer teams, they have the Jaguars, whatever. However, I have to say, if you're going to talk about, you know, a company that doesn't properly build things, WWE is kind of the blueprint. Yeah. They don't do a good job of building long-term feuds. And people think because well, people main think main shows, main yeah. Raw and SmackDown don't do a good job. I would say NXT does a much better job at building long-term storylines and, yeah. and story arcs than But people, you know, like I said, so this just because obviously me and Charlie, are, you know, we're members of forums and groups and things like that on Facebook and other social media platforms. And we read all the dirt sheet stuff and we, you know, the behind the scenes, whatnot. But, you know, somebody basically said that AEW doesn't know how to long-term book. And last night, prior to All Out, they were talking about this Mimosa Mayhem match between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. And they brought up the fact that this match has been built for 14 weeks. Now, they have wrestled each other twice mm -hmm. prior, and they obviously this was the rubber match. Right. But to say that AEW doesn't know how to long-term book, they booked a match that ended in Chris Jericho falling in a vat of orange juice for 14 weeks. Right. So all the other matches were built in the same capacity except the world title match. The world title matches had about a month's build. 
which is fine. It doesn't need to be built for 14 weeks well, because MG, MJF and, and John Moxley did a good job of building that story in a short amount of time. Right. But people are talking about like matches. Like uh, if you talk WWE long-term booking, they usually have the issue of, okay, these two guys are going to wrestle each other a hundred times in the next month and then wrestle each other at the pay-per-view. That's long-term booking in WWE. That's not what I need as a fan or any of us need as a fan. Right. None of us want that. Well, one thing that helps is, and I'll say for like a, for an NXT or an AEW, right, is you don't necessarily need everybody on the show every week, right? You don't. You you can you can build a show without your now. Yes, your champion should be present, but it doesn't have to be on TV every week. Or you can do a promo, something. Not even an in-ring promo. I miss the days of back backstage, you know, promos. Well, and that's the thing I think AEW does. They do a lot of pre-taped. I mean, you get Moxley like in a stairwell or in a parking lot or whatever it is, and he doesn't show up on the show. Right. But but you're you're reminded that he exists. And then you move yeah. forward, and you don't need to spend f- 15, 20, 25 minutes in a ring regurgitating lines that you know don't come off as natural anyway. Unless you're Randy Orton, and Randy Orton may not or may not be ha- having a script fed to him, but yeah. Orton's cutting great promos. But so, so and, and this go- obviously this all circles back to SummerSlam for us. SummerSlam was built beautifully. Yeah, uh, short window; it's a month, but. The Randy Orton Drew McIntyre match was built great. You know the Bray. I mean, as much as we shit on the Bray Wyatt Braun Sherman feud, long term booking now, their long term storyline now, it makes sense. Like they're yeah. clearly they were in a holding pattern for a couple pay per views because they knew Roman was coming back. Roman was coming back at the end of SummerSlam, which which is cool. Yeah. And you know, so um. As far as SummerSlam goes, that's obviously I think the highlight of the night for, yeah. for most. The mo- show was good. The, yeah, from it, top to bottom, it was a, it was a good show. Like, I, and we hit on that in the video, right? It was it was a, everybody was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, how good it was. But yeah, the the big takeaway was Roman Reigns coming back. With and and we're not shine. we're not the you know the normal you know stands of you know Romans forced down our throats yeah. and we I, sat in the third. There's other. There's plenty of other superstars, in my opinion, that have been forced upon us in the past that maybe necessarily didn't deserve it, didn't need it, didn't, you know, it was unwarranted, whatever. Roman, Roman puts in the work. He is entertaining, right? And, yeah, I mean, there was a period there where it was just like, you guys are going to like Roman Reigns whether you like Roman Reigns or not. And it's like, that's not what we want. We want a natural build yeah. to cheer him. And, and this is the thing. We've heard for years, just years, whether it be Seth, whether whether it been you know Dean or John yeah. in WWE or even in now Roman, you know these guys have people have yearned for them just to be the bad guy or at least the in between guy. Right. And Seth, you know, Seth did the authority and he was great. Yeah. One of his best runs, probably his best run in the company, because I'm not a big fan of this Messiah thing that he's doing now, but it is good and it's his, better than his face run. His feud with. Dominic, to to the point of even, you know, I guess payback technically would be their last match, I suppose. But then they wrestled. The well, they had, they had a tag match the following night. Yeah. Know. So, um, but my, my thing is, is, well, no, they didn't have a tag. They had the, the triple threat match. 
Dominic wrestled. Right. Oh, um, uh, when did they have the tag? They had the tag the match, match at at, pad, at Payback. Okay. Yeah. Because that was when Ray got hurt. Because Ray Ray tore his bicep yeah. just like uh, Edge did. Um, however, um, back to what I was saying though, you know, I don't think Seth's run currently touches his authority run. Not at all. But the idea, like when Moxley kind of turned bad right before he left the company, that was probably the most compelling John Moxley we or, or Dean Ambrose that we got prior to that point. Yeah. You know. So I think with this run for Roman, I like it. I love parent. This is the problem I'm going to have, though, because it's very similar to what I had with Punk with Heyman. Punk didn't need Heyman to speak for him. I, if I went bad guy Roman, I don't need bad guy Roman cutting half a promo and Heyman cutting half a promo. Well, because it takes away from it takes away from the build of his new character and his new personality. But but I don't think we got that, right? What we got was a, a, a classic Paul Heyman uh, promo. And then Roman said his couple lines and moved forward. Brock, you know, can Brock cut a promo? I think if he has to, he can say what he needs to say as long as they keep it short. And that's what they did with Roman. They kept it short. Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't going on and on and on. Not that Roman can't speak for himself, but I'm with you, right? Let, pay, well, let you, Heyman be the mouthpiece. You also, you're also seeing the, the Vince McMahon machine, though, too, with this current Roman. Because within the two weeks he's been with the company, he's had two shirts. Yeah. Huh. And two catchphrases and two slogans. So it's like Vince and them are trying to make up for lost time with Roman. That's okay. So that, That's smart. I, well, so... I mean, we, I know we want to run through all the shows, but let's talk about something that that's recently been in the the WWE yeah. uh, universe, and that's uh, the whole third party. You can't, you know, use uh, your persona on yeah. something else. So, so I'm so gonna I'm gonna take my well, I'll give my so so just to basically okay. kind of give like a layman's explanation of what Charlie's talking about. Vince McMahon came down through a company email, and I think probably in person. I'm sure he's addressed. Probably. I mean, he's Vince. He 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 doesn't hold back. Um, but basically told, you know, the superstars that are currently using Twitch, Cameo, and other third-party platforms in which they can use, like, Patreon to, to raise money, you know, to, to get a little bit of extra money. income on the inside, on the side, using their WWE personalities or personas, basically telling them you can't do that anymore because you're contracted through us. You have to get approval through us for anything you put on the thing, on, on, onto the internet or onto these sites that you're making money on, and the company should be getting a cut because you're using your your stage. Well, name. and and that's the thing, and you you hit the the point that I think a lot of people who are coming to the defense of the WWE superstars are missing. WWE owns those characters. Yes, he owns the they own those names, they own the likeness, they own everything. So I think the issue run you run into is superstars whose names, their ring name is their real name. And, you know, Vince came out and made a statement of, like, I own their real names, too, which we don't know if it's true or not. This is all this is yeah. all speculation and or third-party information saying that this occurred. But we don't put it past Vince to be delusional enough to realize, like, to, to not realize he doesn't actually own the person. He just owns the character. Right. Because he's done this type of stuff in the past. And, like, you know, we've heard John – I mean, I don't know if you, you have, but, you know, I've heard John Cena in past interviews he did on the Howard Stern show. He said, no, no, Vince McMahon owns John Cena. Like, when I go out into the world and I use my name, like, royalty-wise, like, anything that gets really sold or bought or whatever, as long as I'm under my current contract – and at the time, 
this is back in like the like mid 2000s so like he was still hot in the company right. and involved he's like you know vince gets a cut vince will make money off of the fact that my name's on a movie poster and it's because that's just how my contract is arranged right um it's sad that somebody's real name could be used but like like a person like aj styles like i don't could i be wrong is aj styles not his real name uh, I don't believe it is. No, it's but it's AJ's a guy who came into the Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels, right? Yeah. Shawn Hickenbottom. So. Yeah. But like the thing is, is like you know, I, I mean, Charlie can look it up. I'm not sure what AJ's real name is, but AJ has been AJ Styles since he debuted decades and many moons ago. So that's not a property that test necessarily the WWE created. Yeah, Alan Jones is his name. Okay. So that, I mean, that makes sense for the AJ. But my thing is, is, you know, like Punk said, CM Punk technically can still use a CM Punk name because he obviously has his pro wrestling tea store right. and he's done plenty of other stuff under that title. He can do that because he owns the, the he, he basically, he bought those character rights. Yeah. He owns He was those. smart. He, yeah. He played, you know, played but right. a lot of these guys that I think now are coming into the company you're seeing WWE changing their ring names or changing their their characters, tweaking their stuff. Like, but like Keith Lee is Keith Lee, presumably. Well, Carrying Cross is Carrying Cross instead of Killer Cross. Yes. Uh, you know those minor little tweaks. are our Punishment Martinez is Damian Priest. Yeah, right? but it's very interesting too, though, because you have other superstars like Tomasa Ciampa, who still have their their pro wrestling tea store, like the Black Heart. Clothing store is, is Champa. I mean, it, it's f clearly him. Like the, right. the Black Heart logo is just a skull with a, a giant beard. Right. And he's updated the store. Like it's not like it's one of those like old stores. Like Kevin Steen had a store and it came back for like a period of time and then disappeared again. Like the Black Heart store has been open the entire time. Tomasa Champa's been in the WWE, and it was funny because he came out in the the Black Heart flag shirt when he first turned heel mm -hmm. and he made the public comment of like you're never going to see my shirts on wwe.com you're never going to like basically playing the bad guy like right. i'm not towing the company line but you could go on pro wrestling tees and order the exact shirt he had on well he's the only one that makes the money off of that right like pro wrestling tees isn't cutting a deal with wwe to give them a portion of their profits it's just something champa had in his contract and was smart enough to realize that he could do it yeah but like I, so we don't nobody knows what what sparked this change because like obviously Xavier Woods has up up down down it's extremely popular WWE's actually I think brought that under their umbrella I think he he he's went, probably getting some money yeah so WWE. so they help him with production and they help him put it out and they help him with advertising for it and all the other stuff and I, like I said it's it's a it's a wildly popular show but then you have superstars like, you know, Lana, who is really big on TikTok and Instagram and, you know, all the other forms of social media. And she's gathered a follow. Obviously, I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's pretty easy to realize why. Right. But, you know, on those, those sites and those media, social media platforms, she's ga gathered a following. AJ Styles has a, a quite a large following on Twitch right. because he's very candid. When he's on Twitch and he's playing his game or whatever, fans will ask him whatever. He answers it. Right. You know, they asked him about Gallows and Anderson's departure and, like, his rift with Paul Heyman. And, like, he's handled himself beautifully, very professionally. Obviously, he's made some comments I don't think WWE's too fond of. Yeah, but, but he's talking about his best friends who, like, he's... He's genuine, and that's... You know, he said, he said, I feel bad because I was, like, the big brother who led him into, like, the wolves, you know, the lion's den, essentially, and... 
I couldn't save them when it came time to save them, essentially. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, they made good money here. They had a good run. They won a couple titles. Like, they added to their resume. Like, it's good for them. He's like, and I'm glad. I'm happy they're doing what they're doing now. But it's sad that, like, I'm not, I don't have my buddies around anymore. Yeah. Um, and obviously, he talks about his problems with Heyman. And then, like, I think, like, as, as recently, I think that was probably the most controversial thing he's done on there. But... You know, AJ, oh, and he, 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 I think he admitted that he was one of the superstars that had COVID, um, yeah. had, t- had popped positive or whatever. But like, people got to realize that WWE is a PR machine, mm-hmm. and you as the talent represent the company, whether you're an independent contractor or, or a subcontractor or whatever it is. When you make statements in the public eye or in the public sphere that affect the global brand, Vince is going to do something because it's not just a Vince. publicly traded company. Yeah. yeah. Like, like if you can affect the stock price just by making a statement or making like an off color statement, I mean, think about this, the, the whole, the me too thing yeah. that came out of Twitter just over the last couple months, how many WWE superstars were affected by that? A bunch. And that hurts the company's bottom dollar in the public market because now it's like, Oh, well, this company employs a bunch of pedophiles and, and, you know, toxic masculinity. Like that's not what's popular, right? I mean, that's never been popular, but obviously that's not that that that's duly frowned upon and should be justifiably. Or if a superstar endorses some product, right? Uh, Lana, they, Lana endorsing Bang, which right? Bang uh, will never be a Bang company because Rain's better. But. <laughs> there you go. There's your shameless plug. Yeah. Um, but see, we don't have stockholders, right? It's no. you and I. Uh, but you know, the thing is, like. She goes out, she endorses Bang, okay, and now kids are, you know, or people that go out there, they go, and then somewhere down the line, we find out Bang Energy causes, you know, some sort of crazy yeah. disease. We don't, and, and like I said, you know. I, it's I'm a s- worst case scenario, but. Well, like like I said, I'm sitting here right now drinking a rain, and just on the back of the can, it says recommended for persons 18 years or older. Yeah. And that's on rain. And I'm assuming it probably says the same thing on Bang Energy. So when Lana's on there, and 14, 15 year old girls are watching her. And I, we understand kids drink energy drinks. Yeah. They don't fucking need to, but they <laughs> do. Um, so when you see that, they're recommending it 18 and older. A 14 year old drinks it and goes into cardiac arrest. Not saying that that, that happened. I mean, it does happen. I mean, Red Bull, but any of these energy drinks have their, their dangerous side effects of certain sex and people. The but headline will read WWE superstar endorses, endorses bang. 14-year-old dies from cardiac arrest. Yes. Right? It will lead with the WWE being the problem. And do we and, – and, and don't – we sound like right now we have boots square in our mouth for <laughs> WWE. We're playing devil's advocate of these superstars making these decisions on their own for the greater good of the comp- – or greater benefit of their be- – benefit and or um, detraction of the company – is probably why this is coming down the pipe. Now, I do not agree with Vince saying, well, I own their real names, too. Well, yeah. So if you're AJ Styles and you want to go as Alan Jones Styles 61 or whatever the hell he wants to be on Twitch, he can't do that. That's bullshit. Yeah. What, what, what AJ does on his free time, now they're saying he can't monetize it. I don't know if he was monetize yeah. it. Like, no offense. Like, I get it. These guys need to hustle. I would assume AJ's in the million dollar range yeah. for the company. Well, I was if you're paying Gallows and Anderson five hundred grand for as a tag team, or you know they're they're giving you know the, the revival you know five hundred fifty grand for the year because they don't want them to sign elsewhere. A guy that's been carrying your mid card slash main event 
picture on SmackDown for a greater portion of two years probably is in the million dollar range. Well, so like I was watching our uh, Truth Game Show, uh, which is hilarious, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and Big E was on there, and he was talking about how he's making a crap ton of money on Cameo. Yes. Right. And so, you know, it was a uh, one of those things where you like you. You start thinking about like, oh, I didn't even think of WWE superstars being on that. But I also don't go out to Cameo. I don't. But the problem it. with Cameo is, is if I pay you your fee, whatever it is, you know, two hundred bucks, you're supposed to say whatever I want you to say. Right. And I think like Bruce Pritchard was on there, mm-hmm. and I think he made like a wild comment that somebody ha- asked them to make. And it's not, like, necessarily a bad thing because, like, it's personal. You know what I mean? Like, I request that I see – I'm the only one that sees that video until I share it. Right. You know, and – Well, like Big E said when he was on the show, right, he was saying, you know, he's like, I've only had to turn a few things away. He's like, because there were certain things that I'm just not going to say. Yeah. So, I mean, you do have that option, but – But, like I said – do I think some of the lower level guys, the NXT development, who like we've heard in the past, aren't making? Yeah, they're not making millions of dollars. You know, you, you, even for every Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Adam Cole, you know, Sami Zayn, for any one of those that comes in, there's a mil- million. But uh, I think about Santorellis or whatever that that aren't going to yeah. Sabatelli or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think he's probably like. But like my thing is, is like we've heard like. Some of the development making as little as like thirty, forty thousand a year, but WWE pays all their living expenses, expenses, and all the other stuff. But like, I can understand those guys wanting to make a little bit of cash on the side. You know, you know, they want to, you know, they want to pump a little bit of extra income or build their brand or, you know, if you're the Twitch guy, you're the new Zack Ryder. You know what I mean? Like Zack Ryder built his popularity in WWE through YouTube. Through YouTube. And, you know, you know, Matt Cardone obviously being, you know, in, in AEW, uh, presumably in AEW for the short being, however long he signed with them. But his popularity is literally built around his YouTube channel, which is cool because he did something different. But now we see like WWE is capitalized on YouTube. They have their, their official channel and so on and so forth. But if he doesn't do that, it doesn't he doesn't get anywhere near as popular as he is. And we don't need, we're not even talking about a Matt Cardone in AEW. Right. But. I, like I said, I, I think, I think I see both sides. I do agree that it's still it, it's still a shit Vince McMahon way of handling things. Not like the, the problem is is as independent contractors, these people don't have a union. They don't have some like a greater body of voice speaking on their behalf and negotiating with AEW with WWE. Because as much as we want to not put AEW in the WWE category. They are. They're they're a major conglomerate that's on national television, that has a has an owner and you know has a working like you know we're gonna dive in at the end into all out and some of the stuff that happened last night that we think probably. You know, it's the first time in AEW's existence I've really been like, you know what, that was not handled properly, or I don't know how it actually was handled to give a, a true opinion on it. Yes. Yeah, so um, Let's run through the shows. Yeah, well, let, yeah. yeah let's so, like I said, highlight for SummerSlam for me is Roman coming back. Yeah. Um, that's an that's an easy, that's a given. Um, so and then the next night for Raw, 
Yeah, so we had uh, uh, for me uh, the the big takeaway from that night was Keith Lee coming over because yes. we had we had Keith Lee and you and I talked about it right. Why did he drop the championship so quickly? You know, and thinking he's going to be staying in NXT and then come SummerSlam we find out oh he's going to be on Raw tomorrow night. Well, now it makes sense why he dropped the title so quickly. Well, yeah, and like I said, I I, I made the comment on our Instagram like this could have been saved for tomorrow. I didn't need to know watching SummerSlam that Keith Lee was coming to Raw. Yeah. And I get why they did it, because, you know, the night after a major pay-per-view is usually a big Raw. You know, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and obviously WrestleMania's post-Raw is, is like, the biggest Raw of the year. Right. So they wanted, they wanted eyes on the TV. They didn't want to lose viewership the following night because Keith Lee went, you know, because they wanted Keith Lee's debut to be big. So I understand the company's purpose for it, but it's unnecessary as, as me as an avid viewer. I don't want to know that this guy's debuting tomorrow night. Right. Surprise me. Well, Have I, Randy Orton come out, issue like an open challenge, or say I'm pissed off and want to fight. Very similar to John Cena when he was the United States champion and he issued his open challenge, and Kevin Owens' music hit or Sami Zayn's music hit. You were pumped. You're like, oh, awesome. My NXT guys are coming up the Raw. Right. But there's there's also um, something to be said about hyping up somebody's debut. It does work in certain instances, right? You just yeah. you but you've got to do it properly, and I don't and think over that a period of time, right? Not just one night and then he's there the next day, right? Uh, all right, so so then we had uh, that was the week where uh, NXT was on Wednesday, yeah. AEW got moved to Thursday, so. Uh, that NXT biggest thing that came out of that, carrying Cross relinquishing the NXT championship, which stinks. Wasn't, but it wasn't necessarily my highlight of the night, obviously, because it, it it sucks. Because I'm not a big Cross guy, but I was interested to see where his run went. Yeah. Um, NXT is always better with the heel champion. Mm -hmm. um, but I, th like we said, we, if you're gonna make Lee a stopgap, they should have gave him the belt months ago. Yeah, like they could have gave him the belt in front of a crowd. And he would have got a, you know, he would have got his moment in the sun, but here's what it is. Um, I think uh, for me at least, NXT. I, I, I was excited for Brazongo and Imperium. Not that the match quality was like off the charts or insane. It's just I'm happy for Brazongo, for Fandango and Breeze to finally be tag champions. Like after all these years, and obviously. With Breeze coming and going and, you know, being a main roster and, like, kind of being the heart of NXT, you know, in that initial NXT burst onto the scene moment. Right. Um, but, like I said, we, we, we highlighted on our social media, you know, or at least on our Instagram and Facebook, that it's the first title that Tyler or uh, that Fandango has held in the com company in 14 years. Yeah. Like, talk about dedication to the cause of, like, you know, not necessarily having a saying, you're not having a belt, but showing up to work every day. And not only showing up every day, but working your ass off. Yeah. Like, the guy doesn't quit. You, know, like, you never watch one of their ma – no matter what it is that they're doing, Breeze and Fandango, like you're they, talking, they go all out. And you're talking about a guy that, for all intents and purposes, he's a great in-ring guy. Like, his, his, his style, his moveset's good, like – I have no qualms with Fandango as a in-ring technician and or wrestler. I've never liked the Fandango character. I even think his name is like it's ridiculous. I but I think his push initially like cuz I went to the Mania in New York that he beat Chris Jericho. Right. Like 
Yeah, that that Chris Jericho. Yeah, I remember. Like nobody in the crowd was happy. We we're like, what? Like this doesn't make any sense. But now knowing who Chris Jericho is, you're like, he was trying to get this kid over, mm-hmm. this guy over. And like I said, you know, we're talking shit that was in twenty uh, two thousand and nine. So you're talking 11 years later, he's winning his first title. In NXT. Yes. Nothing on the main roster. Yeah. Um, part of me kind of hopes, obviously the Brazongo thing is, like, that's their team name. So we can't really go away from the Fandango character, so to speak. But I liked the heel Prince Pretty in NXT where he was, you know, making fun of people's appearance, and he was being he was being a bad guy. Essentially, I kind of want them to like. I enjoy their comedy act, but I like them better. I like them both better as heels, and I think they both can pull those characters off. But then it takes away from their their silly entrances and all the other stuff that they do. So, yeah, I mean, this is one of those instances where you know, as much as they're they're like a heel persona works right everybody can't be bad guys right yeah so you have to have some and w- at least when they show up on tv you're like this may be lame comedy but it's entertaining uh, yeah and comedy. they're and they're putting them together with um isaiah swerve yeah um isaiah scott swerve whatever the hell WWE's calling him nowadays um term it's funny because he's obviously t- he's kind of entangled in the cruiserweight picture but like when he stands next to like the cruiserweight guys you're like guy's a heavy this guy's <laughs> yeah, a, he's a big dude. yeah this guy's a big dude he's not a normal lightweight you know or you know cruiserweight but i think was it l delgado fantasma or whatever the hell you know love him you know i, I always make the comment wwe goes out and p- only picks the international superstars who don't know how to speak english that guy man he can cut a promo like nobody's business it just sucks he's so small in stature compared like the even like an isaiah scott who you know? But I that's a cruiserweight. Yeah, he, he's a true cruiserweight. But his his little posse getting entangled with Brazongo gives us an immediate feud on NXT where we don't have to kind of wait on Imperium's schedule or whatever the right. hell they've been doing, which is weird because we're getting NXT UK back in the next week or two, but half of Imperium is in the states and half of Imperium is in Europe and. There's no way unless they like charter a boat across the <laughs> Atlantic that they're gonna get them there. So we'll we'll see how that works out. You know, I'm very excited to see post Me Too movement NXT UK because they they released a ton of people. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting to see if they bring any new talent in or new people in or whatnot. Um. And another thing, there's a lot of AX AEW talent that's British. Or over in Europe that were released or furloughed or however you want to call it during the pandemic because they just weren't being used. You know, Sadie Gibbs, Bria Presley. Um, I know they they, I th- they they released Jimmy Havoc, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was official or not. Um, but, like, there's a bunch – like I said, there's a bunch of people. The only one that I know that's Europe that's not currently wrestling or not on the market is Pac. And, obviously, for, for good reason, Pac's one of the best wrestlers in AEW. Yeah, so they're, they're not, not going to let him yeah. Um But um, – yeah, so obviously uh, Raw, well, or, or sorry, sorry. So we, had, so we had the next Dynamite, right? Yeah, so, so we had Karrion Cross and everything that happened that night, Brazongo winning, and then we get into the, uh, for me, the A27 AEW, and it was the Fatal 4-Way tag gaunt- match. Yeah, the gauntlet match. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you had, the, you had, so the gauntlet match, they were seated based off their current standings. So, um, 
you had the FTR as number one seed, the Bucks as the number two. Was it Jurassic Express and uh, Best Friends? Best Friends. Um, so basically, they wrestled, you know, throughout and into like the last team, obviously being FTR. Um, so the Bucks sweep through um, and beat, you know, er, and, and they get to the last stage, and then Hangman Page costs them the match. Right. Um, for me, that's the highlight because it continued to build, which was already a good. Um, a good rivalry between FTR and the Young Bucks, but it allowed the Young Bucks to stay out of the title picture so that their inevitable match with, you know, FTR was a bigger deal. Right. Um, well, and it also pushed the the hangman breaking up with the elite yeah. um, storyline, which is, I mean, you and I have talked about that too. Like, it, it's it's a long, it's been a long time coming. Coming, and it, but they've handled it well. Yeah. And this goes back to what we said about long-term booking. Right. What is what they 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 held the belts for 150 something days to Kenny and Kenny and, and Oh Adam. no, it was like 200 and yeah, something. Yeah, 200 something days. So you're almost almost an entire year and like it it goes all the way as far back as uh was it Revolution is when they wrestled I think the Bucks. So, yeah. You know, so like you're you're talking like this rivalry like it's it's been so long and like but we'll get into the, the 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 culmination of that at all out and you know i have my thoughts on how it was handled versus how i expected it to be handled um but yeah definitely the, the gauntlet match for me that night as well okay um we'll move on to smackdown uh 828 um obviously it's the first smackdown since SummerSlam, but it's also or it's also the last smackdown before payback so it was the go-home show to a show that nobody really needed. <laughs> right. um, but obviously you got the continued build of Reigns, Braun, and um, Bray or The Fiend, the contract signing, like just the normal lunacy that it is WWE, you know, going into the Firefly Funhouse and Strowman refusing to sign a contract without beating up Drew Gulak for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, and but that's where we saw the alliance. alliance yes. Uh, as as I joked around, the dangerous alliance. Yeah, you know, and I like, like I said, I I love the idea of pitting Paul Heyman with Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, that's something that I, I've always been intrigued with. You know, ever since. I mean, obviously, he's been on the other side of the fence with Lesnar the entire time, and you know, Roman and Lesnar have quite the. Quite the history between the two of them is a rivalry, so that's going to be an interesting dynamic if Brock does come back to the WWE because he should come back to the WWE at some yeah, point. Yeah, once everything is, I think, safe and... Yeah, and boring. obviously his contract is up, but I don't think he's going to get into any... Why well, keep paying him money yeah. just to keep him, you yeah. know, on retainer, essentially? Like, yeah. He'll, he'll come back. He's he's not... I don't see him jumping to AEW. He's not going anywhere else. He's not going to UFC. No, yeah. So... Um, so then we had uh, then we had payback, which I just thought was just yeah. Yeah, I mean you could have just you could have just waited to Night of Champions, yeah. and I would have accepted every match that you had there at Night of Champions as as a better build to the pay per view essentially. Yeah, but uh, now you have Roman as champ. Which yeah, as champ and turning full heel. Yeah, and people are like, oh well, he's not. He's no, he is. He he freaking waited to the last second oh, yeah. of a match came out and beat people with a chair and then 
like won he, the match. He's a heel. It's there's no there's no in between here. He's what what kind of pisses me off though is is and we'll get into it with the the following week this this past week SmackDown. Don't move away from the fiend. Hmm. Why? Why are we moving away from the fiend? Like r- him versus Roman is the perfect rivalry to get you through this this period of time because you can do the character matches with the fiend with Roman and make like have Roman force the fiend into fighting you know, in in a real ring capacity style match or whatever it is. Well, I guess I just so here's here's why I think you don't do that, right? Uh, you don't want a character that's kind of already losing a lot of credibility. Well, that's because how he's booked, right? You don't th- him going into a program with Roman, and Roman uh, will come out victorious. There's no there's no question about that. Roman will come out victorious in that. It's just one more coffin or one more nail in the coffin for that character i say if he wants a feud with Strowman, fine those two put on decent matches i don't really need to see a Strowman rings feud again problem is they just turn Strowman heel exactly so fine let's see where this goes which you know we'll i think get- you're gonna find bray falling into the i say title picture here soon yeah because WWE has put themselves in a place with Big E. Big E's got to get a main event title picture after this feud with Sheamus. That, and I think that's what they're going to build to. They're oh, going to oh, build to Big E versus Roman. Which is fine with me. I'm cool with that. They've put on great matches as a part of the New Day and the Shield, so I'm, I'm okay with that. But I think the reason why I think you're going to get a Bray Wyatt mid-card run here, or a Fiend mid-card run here, is because they're building his partnership with Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's obviously putting her hair back in pigtails again, and she's kind of playing this Harley Quinn character, so to speak, and so on and so forth. But, like I said, I I just – I find her – I find this build with The Fiend odd, and I find it weird that he's – you know, that he's not being used properly, especially with the level of popularity. Yeah. They – definitely put themselves in the they painted themselves into a corner yeah um so Um. all right so we get through uh payback we get to the next raw which was 8 31 and i gotta tell you i got nothing i got no highlight from that show i like the triple threat match at the end yeah obviously it just sets up randy versus drew again but i liked keith lee seth rollins randy orton in the same ring at the same time it was a good it was a good monday night main event i fell asleep I mean, I, I fall asleep a lot during Raw. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, then we get into the first Super Tuesday, um, and that Fatal Four Way. So you want to talk about something that will keep you awake? Yeah, that it, match was fantastic. Yes, obviously, probably the highlight of the week. Yeah, like uh, honestly, that's probably the match of the week, even with All Out and everything else going on. However, I don't believe. They could have, they could have, like, the falls were, like, it was too even throughout. And I'm not saying any one person needed to look weak or needed to have less falls or whatever it is. But, like, like to, 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 to get through that entire match and it end in a tie is the only thing for me. Like, I would have rather had the culmination. But it sounds like WWE knew they were going to be moved off of Wednesdays for two weeks, so mm-hmm. they had to, like, 
do something to draw you yes. in. For two, and and that's okay. And now we're getting a match that I wanted to see. I wanted to see Balor versus Cole for the NXT Championship. Yeah, but and so it's just rehash, man. It's just rehash for me. I. It's not that it's rehash in the sense that like we've ever seen this matchup. It's just like, okay, the two longest reigning like, there's no new blood in that title picture, and that was what Karrion Cross at least gave me. I didn't know what I was getting. But who are you gonna throw in there, like Bronson Reed? No, no, not no. I, and there's the, the thing with NXT right now is it's it's in one of its flux periods, right? Yeah. Everybody's trying to reestablish. People got cherry picked and moved up and and everything. <laughs> and and I mean, yeah, you still have Johnny, you still have Tommaso, you still have guys that need to be there, or, you know, that are going to help elevate this current class that's coming up through. I mean, I can't really, I can't really give you a name. I can't give you somebody. I'm like, yeah, this guy should be NXT champion because yeah, like who do you catapult? The only person I could think Austin Theory. And all, well, the problem is the only two names I can think of is Austin Theory and Velveteen Dream. There are only two that haven't been put into that spotlight that could, would greatly benefit from it. But both guys are in that Me Too category now where you're like, do they deserve the push? Do you want them to have that push? Like, So it's tough. Like I said, NXT was in a spot, and they, they delivered. You're going to put those four in a match. It's going to be the match of the week. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Uh, who who you thinking for this Tuesday? Cole Balor. I think it's Balor. Because whoever beats Balor has more credibility to him in the long run. Because my thought, I think Cole's in a holding pattern. Because I don't know if he's resigned. So if they put the belt on Cole in, in September or, or, you know, end of September or November or whenever it is his contract's up, he doesn't resign, like, do you have a Bret Hart situation where Cole's like, I don't want to drop it unless I pick the person to drop it to, and right. so on and so forth. So we'll see. I and mean, then he writes AEW in the air. Yeah, yeah. As, he, as he leaves the arena, as he gets screwed. But, no, I mean, like I said, I think, you know, you, you have a realistic opportunity here to build, you know, Balor as a, as a legitimate two-time champion who any newcomer that you see come through – that beats him, you're like, okay, they're legitimized now in the eyes of an NXT follower because Balor is kind of the cornerstone or, you know, at least the, the, the mile marker at this point. He, to me, Balor needs this win. A Balor versus Tommaso Ciampa rivalry would be good too. Yeah. Uh, I think it was funny because Ciampa came out and said, I, they told me I, the reason why I'm not on TV is they have nothing for me. And I'm like, how do you have nothing for it? For him, he's such a compelling. Like yeah. that just goes to show you sometimes the state of where WWE's at with the level of talent they have. Well, especially in NXT, you do have a lot of guys. Yeah, you have two hours. You got to get them in there, and you don't want to send the guys up to the main roster. So what do you do? But um, so uh, NXT. So like I said, NXT, AEW have been moved a lot in the last two weeks because of you know major sports leagues and their playoffs and stuff. However, I think you know. We've, we've seen now the benefit of them being on separate nights. Yeah. And there's talks of NXT moving now because USA doesn't give a shit about Vince's petty, you know, drama between him with AEW. And as much as you want to play this game that WWE doesn't give a shit about AEW, they do. Because they would never have counter-programmed on television at the same time as AEW unless they cared. And 
AW, you know, I, in my wrestling chat, we talked about it. NXT's won like 10 weeks in ratings. In the weeks they won, they rightfully should have won because of the bigger matches that they had going on that night. But AEW's kicked their ass, whether it's by 200,000 or 100,000, whatever. They've kicked their ass consistently across the board. And it's showing USA, like USA saw the, the jump in viewership. Obviously, a ma- tremendous main event, so that helps. But, you know, you're talking they pulled almost 900,000. I think it was like eight, 825, 850 something, which isn't, trim- isn't a lot. But on a non wrestling night for an audience to tune in, there's something there. Yeah. And then obviously AEW pulled like 940 this last week with no competition on Wednesday nights. So I think for the greater good of wrestling, somebody needs to move and they need to stay put where they're at. Yeah. Because if you give me wrestling Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm going to watch all four nights and I'm going to tune in live. So I'm going to give you that viewership, that number. But like I said, with WWE, it, it, it was a Vince McMahon move. Mm-hmm. That that's all it was, and, and don't tell me that it wasn't, and don't tell me the WWE doesn't care because they do fucking care. Oh yeah, I mean, um, but they also are trying to. I'll I'll take the the glasses half full look at it, right? Of um, competition breeds better programming. Um. So like, yeah, if you have uh, if you have both shows on Wednesday, well, they're gonna get com- they're gonna compete. They're gonna try to make themselves better. Not th- and. It's been showing, right? Because consistently, AEW puts on a much better show. Yeah. Um, NXT but I don't for the longest time was the best show on TV. But I don't think AEW stops putting on a good weekly Dynamite program because NXT is now on Tuesday. No, but I think it will. I mean, you and I are still going to sit there and compare them. Yeah. But. You get to watch one without having to worry about the worry other. about the other one, so you're not constantly trying to like flip back and forth or or anything like that. You can watch them both live, real time, and really get a feel of what it is, and not have anything spoiled for you either. Yeah, um, which is helpful. So we get um, we get SmackDown right. um, after AEW and uh, NXT, and the only highlight I had w- and it it's funny because i think we talked about this the last in between the ropes episode, uh, issue sorry um too much sasha too much bailey because they had all the belts which i thought was unnecessary and they've slowly lost all their belts minus bailey losing hers and now bailey's full turn on sasha that was the highlight for me just because kind of unexpected but not really i expected sasha to turn on bailey yeah, but because she lost everything and Bailey still has her belt, but it's cool. I'm cool with it. We've seen we've seen heel Sasha for so many feuds and angles and things like that. It's cool to see the flip the flipping of the script, so to speak. Yeah, but I think you also you you can't just turn Bailey back to being a face right now. You you have to keep her as the. Well, yeah, uh, she's got to grow her hair back out. Right. She can't be a a face with a Karen haircut. Right. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, I thought that that was great. Uh, the the uh, the fatal four way match uh, that Jay won. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, weird. Because he's a tag team just guy. Put, I should have fucking just had Riddle win. But I don't even care if Riddle Riddle loses in the main event. I you know why they're doing that? They they want to they want to build this look. Home uh, Roman is full on bad guy. Like he, I guarantee you, he decimates Jey Uso. I'm letting you know right now. If Randy Orton 
and Drew McIntyre not the last match to go on, people are going to lose their shit. Nobody, nobody believes that an Uso is going to beat a, oh, yeah. a Roman Reigns for any major, any title. It could be, it, it could be the twenty four seven championship. Nobody believes it's going to happen. <laughs> but not taken away from Jay because I like the Usos. Yeah, they're a tremendous tag team. But obviously, I, I believe the other Uso, Jimmy's is, out, Jimmy's out, hurt right now. But I'm not going to sit here and act like I care about this match at yeah. all. That's I, why I didn't even mention, uh, I, I, other than you bringing it, I would have not even talked about it. Yeah, it, it's uh, like I said, it's going to be. This is why I said the Fiend could have could have continued his feud, because that would be more compelling to me at, at Night of Champions. It's a it's a placeholder match, right? It's to help solidify Roman's turn, uh, to show how ruthless and aggressive he is. Uh, until we get to the Biggie Roman yeah. Reigns program, so uh, that's enough about SmackDown. Yeah. SmackDown was not was not must watch television. Um, well, to- hold on, one more thing happened yesterday or uh, Friday. Sorry, um, AOP got released. Did you? Yeah, see I saw that they released AOP, which is interesting. I don't I don't know what the cause behind that is. Yeah. Because that wh- what's his name was out with one what? is out hurt, the other one was healthy. Yeah, and he could have just been. This is what I don't understand because you have AOP lined with Seth, and it was great. Mm-hmm. It's great. They were the, they were the enforcers that Seth needed in his stable. Austin Theory comes into the picture. You got Buddy Murphy. Austin Theory does his meet gets his hit with the Me Too bug. He's off TV. Why not bring the other AOP guy back and have him team? Like it just, I don't know. This Monday night, this is why I'm saying I don't think this run has been as good for Seth because of these hiccups and things along the line that they've tried to align him with. I've always said that Buddy Murphy, the Buddy Murphy Seth Rollins feud we're going to get here in the near future, I believe, is going to be worth it because I'm a big Buddy Murphy guy. I think Buddy Murphy has a tremendous amount of talent and untapped potential because he is not. A cruiserweight. They've tried to build him as one, build him as one at one point, but I don't believe he is. He's a heavyweight guy waiting to happen. See, because when he stands next to Seth, he's not much smaller than Seth, and Seth is a believable heavyweight. But like, I guess when I look at Buddy Murphy, I, I don't see him in a world title picture. I've always seen Big E as a guy who can break out and be a world title guy. I can, uh, you know. I could see they missed a mark with this Messiah run because it should have been similar to re, uh, to Evolution. Seth, maybe an older person, younger person like a Buddy Murphy, or like an in betweener like Buddy Murphy, and then a younger person like Austin Theory, and they could have built stars around Seth, and it doesn't hurt Seth, but they didn't, and it's sad because it was it's it's such a missed opportunity. See, what I'd really like to see, you brought up Evolution. Uh, I'd like to see a reincarnation of Evolution. Well, I mean, anybody would. Because it, it gave you two new stars right. that have stood the test of time in Batista and Randy Orton. But, like I said, I don't think anybody believed that Randy Orton was going to be Randy Orton before Evolution. So the same could be said, like, you don't believe in Buddy Murphy – but who's to say Buddy Murphy doesn't get a solid mid-card run, solid push to the main event, and then have his culmination match where 
he wins it and either Seth turns on him to get his comeuppance and get the title and or he beats Seth and breaks away from the mold. But I, I, I do think that, un- unfortunately, they've squandered the opportunity at this point, and the best you can hope for is Buddy Murphy getting the one-uppance on Seth after being basically, you know, kind of abused for months. Yeah. And that's that's the, the end of it. And then, you know, you hope that somebody in the back really enjoys Murphy's work and he doesn't just get pushed to the wayside. But All right. So now – all out. Yes. Um, worth 50 bucks, yes. But, you know, me and Charlie talked about it a little bit before we, we started recording. This is the first AEW pay-per-view that I would say the WWE pay-per-view associated with it. Whether, like, because obviously. By comparison. Yeah, you, you have the big four for WWE. So I, I usually, you know, you only have the big four, really, for AEW because they only do four paid for pay-per-views. SummerSlam to All Out, I, SummerSlam was a better card, and it was a better show to me. And I th- and it's not necessarily based off a of match quality. I think it's just based off a of match outcome. Hmm. Um, I, well, a lot of it was predictable. A lot of All Out was predictable. It was, yes, because I kind of knew where things were. We knew where things were headed with a lot of the feuds and things like that. I didn't expect Moxley to win. I, 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 I really expected Moxley to drop the belt. But he didn't. And You know how I knew he wasn't going to drop it? Because of the uh, Battle Royal. But I didn't... This is my thought process. I didn't think anything of Lance Archer's win. Like, I just, I just assume... You know, like I, I, he could wrestle either of them and it could make it work. Because I get like Archer's a heel, but he's like he's like a monster heel where he could have made MJF's run as the conniving or like this, you know, the Weasley champion more convincible because he would have to have Wardlow's involvement so heavily initially with, you know, the feud and the rivalry. But like I said, I didn't expect Moxley to win. I didn't. Um, although I didn't expect Thunder Rosa to win. I got what I wanted out of that match, which was a good women's match featuring the title in AEW, which they haven't done to this point. Um, obviously, understand Thunder Rosa is a member of the NWA roster. I'm hoping we get Nick Aldis soon um, because I'll, I'll take a Nick Aldis versus John Moxley feud any day of the week. But until that happens, I don't quite have the same interest in Moxley Archer because I've already seen John Moxley wrestle, you know, Brody Lee in a hardcore match. Who else? Who else has he wrestled? He's wrestled like big guys. A, no, yeah, I mean he's wrestled. He's wrestled pretty much everybody but MJF in hardcore style matches. And I'm just, it's not a knock on Moxley. This is the most compelling he's ever been as a wrestler to me. And he's having a good run, and he deserves a great run. But I just I don't have the interest in in the feud between Archer and Moxley. I almost hope that Archer waits like a month or two and Moxley feuds with other people, and then we get an Archer feud. Um, oh, Brian Cage's match with Moxley was more of like a hardcore style. Right. Um, but um, obviously you get you know like I said uh, I got what I wanted out of Thunder Rosa and um, uh, Sheeta. 
And then the Britt Baker big swole match. Mm. It was so WWE, like just campiness to it. I just couldn't get into it. And it sucks because Big Swole is obviously a very compelling female wrestler. She is a good character. She can speak on the mic. Like and I just and Britt Baker obviously is is a star. And she's a great heel, but the the match for me just didn't do it. I'd have rather seen them two wrestle in the ring than do all the crazy bullshit that they did in that that match. Yep. Um. Tag match for me was yeah the, was, the highlight of the yeah, night. Yeah. Uh, you know, FTR getting the championships that they uh, they definitely deserve. And it was a good match. And well, and then on top of that, you have the essential. Th- th- this has to be it, like for. Kenny and Hangman. Yeah, it is. And like I said, you know, when when Kenny leaves, you know, he leaves Hangman in the ring and he walks out with the box and he's like, I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm done with him. I'm done. You know, that's great. And the box showed more, you know, more heelish tactics in their match versus Jungle um, for Jurassic Express, sorry, um, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And those are guys that they're friends with, right. you know, air quote friends. And like, you know, Matt super kicking Marco's stunt, you know, slapping the hand from Jungle Boy or, you know, any of the other hundreds of bullet club tactic right. style stuff that they did in that match. Like it was a good way to push the Bucks over the edge with Kenny. The Bucks frustration of not being champion to this point in the company has been built since the start of the company, losing to private party, losing to Lucha Bros, losing to everybody along the way. And now them back in line with the cleaner, hopefully that's who we get on Wednesday, is the cleaner Kenny Omega. I don't want to see the elite versus Dark Order. I have no interest in Dark Order right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brody Lee title thing with, with Dustin Rhodes, like I hate to say this, like if they were looking for a way to put Dustin out the pasture. Wednesday will be the day, and I don't want him to do that because I like I like the, the the natural. I like this incarnation of of Dustin Rhodes. I, I I think he can still move well. He still puts on a good match in the ring. I, I think he's great as a tag team slash you know partner enhancement talent type guy. But there's been a lot of talks about him being at the tail end of his career, wanting to do a more backstage role, and so on and so forth. This is the way to do it. Yeah. And to dismantle the dismantle the, the American Nightmare family is is probably the best way to build the Brody Lee lore, but I don't care to see it happen at this point, honestly. Yeah. Um, but um, back to the FTR, you know, so Hangman and Omega match. I I love the Tully Blanchard FTR relationship. I think we will now see Sean Spears at ringside or, you know, associate it with FTR, which will help build him. And then they need one more person and they can, they can do the four horsemen stable reincarnation that they've, they've been, you know, I think building to, because they were looking for Spears to have a partner, but now they want Spears as a singles guy, which makes the most sense to me. I almost, I wanted Sean Spears to win that battle Royal. Cause I would have, I would have enjoyed Sean Spears taking the title from Moxley because then it legitimizes him. And everybody's like, oh, they've wasted him to this point. Well, the easiest way to not waste him is to put him in the main event picture and let him win. Well, I think I think 
you and I kind of talked about it on our last issue was uh, you know, we have FTR as a tag champ, you have Sean as the TNT champ, and then you have uh, you bring in Hangman somehow, yeah, and, and make him your world champ, and yeah, run it that way. But you could even go around because Hangman's already got the rivalry with Dark Order and with Brody Lee. Have him be TNT champ, have Sean Spears be world champ, and then have the eventual culmination of that feud. And you know, it's still more in fighting, which I think Hangman's dealt with with the, the elite a lot. Right. But like, obviously, you know. It, a lot of, lot of fantasy booking here yep. between us, but at the same time, I think it's booking that kind of, you know, when you put it out into the to the stratosphere, it makes sense, so to speak. Um, then, I, you know, thing I'm going to, you know, I think, you know, we'll kind of wrap up, so to speak, the, the all-out coverage, that the Matt Hardy-Sammy Guevara match. And I think this is what's making it hard for me to really appreciate the card. And it's not because I don't, you know, I'm not in the, 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 the category. I don't think either of us are. We've seen enough from AEW. They are not semi-pro. They're not, you know, you know, arena league bullshit wrestling. League. Yeah, they're not. yeah, they're not that. They are a legitimate professional wrestling company with professional wrestling draw and talent and ability. Last night was the first time I was watching AEW since its inception of all the crazy shit they've done to this point, that I was like, that was so inherently unsafe. I don't believe that they did that. And, like, when, you know, they went up for that spot, and I, like, I, you know, I Charlie pointed it out earlier, you know, when they went for that spear, you knew it was going to end badly. Yeah. And I thought that there might have been a pad under the table. I really did because I saw nothing but fucking concrete of them walking up to the table. I'm like, because obviously being at Mania, when Shane jumps off the, the, the cell on the taker and he misses taker, there's a pad underneath yeah. the announce table. And you see it compressed. Yes. And I get it. That, that takes away the illusion. You want it to look as real as possible, but it's safe. Yeah. There was no pad. He hit straight fucking concourse concrete. That was the most terrifying moment I've witnessed in wrestling since fully getting tossed off the cage. It was bad. I mean, yeah, his head bouncing off that. Well, you have Rebby Sky, like, you know, losing her mind. Like, on what Twitter. Is, yeah, like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, we all know as wrestling fans, the ex from the referee is legitimate. They don't kayfab that. They don't do that to, like, make a spectacle. That X is what it is because they need to let the people know backstage shit has gotten real. We need somebody out here. When Aubrey Edwards hits that two or three times, because obviously they're nowhere near the ring. Right. So it's going to take a moment for a doctor to get there, which was crazy because they knew they were doing all this shit out in the concourse. They should have probably had somebody closer. Yeah. Um, but Doc Sampson, because they, they bring him up a fucking thousand times on air. He comes over and he immediately, but like Sammy Guevara picks up Matt. Yeah. Like I'm a football coach. When you're dealing with head or neck or back injuries, you do not touch the person that potentially is injured. But this is once again is Sammy proving his inexperience. Yes. And and lack of understanding of the situation. Yes. And I don't know if Sammy walked over to Matt and was like, "Hey, Matt, are you good?" Like, and we just didn't hear that. Yeah. Or if he, if he, and like, and but this is the thing. Like, people were saying, like, well, you know, well, Matt said he was good to go. 
Yeah. And Tony Khan came out after the show and their, their press conference, because they do one after every pay-per-view, which kudos to Tony Khan. He could have easily said, hey, you know, due to, you know, due to schedule conflict or going late, whatever, we're not going to do the, the press tonight. We'll do it tomorrow. He could have done that. Mm -hmm. He didn't do that. He put himself right in front of the camera and he answered every question that, he had, that people had about Matt. Because that was pretty much the entire fucking interview was about Matt and that match and how it was handled. You know, he said no superstar, no superstar has the ability to override our doctors. So Matt being like, no, I'm going to continue, doesn't happen. Right. Doc, he said our doctor cleared him. Now, I know as a football coach, just per concussion reasons, Matt was showing clear-cut signs of not being there. You know, and no offense to Matt Hardy, because he is a tremendous talent and he has been in the business for decades. He was not selling the inability to stand. He legitimately could not stand. Yeah. And they leave Matt for a period of time, camera-wise, and I'm sure the doc talked to him or whatever. I personally do not believe that Matt didn't say, I'm continuing, and that's why it happened. Because it was such a short match after that. Like, they, made, they did with like one or two more spots, and then he pushed them off the thing, and Sammy just counted out. And, I've, like you said, I've never watched a wrestling event, period. Even WWE. And I thought to myself, man, that was unsafe. Like, that was a very unsafe moment in wrestling. It could, have, it could have ended way worse than it actually did. Did yes, and we don't know what the what the long term side effects are going to be. We don't know if like, you know, Matt fractured his back or Matt, you know, you know, hurt his, you know, might have a spine injury, whatever. But like watching that that moment in time, like, I was at work and I was watching. Obviously, uh, you know, spoiler: I watch wrestling, at, you know, at work when I when I work. But I was watching it and like. I'm literally sitting there in a police cruiser as a first responder watching this, and I'm like, they need to get medical personnel to him now. Like, this was – it was terrifying. And and this is – it's terrifying for me as a father, like, knowing Matt's got little ones at home. He's got a wife okay. that's watching. You know what I mean? Like, it was terrifying in the sense that, like, you didn't know if this man was going to move. And he did. Luckily, like, he immediately starts moving, you know, and kind of showing, you know, cognitive ability. But, like – I've never been so scared in my life for a wrestler, like, you know, and obviously I've watched Mick Foley get tossed off of a cell a couple times. I've watched Shane McMahon do all the crazy shit he's done. You know, I was there. I, I watched Owen Hart. Not Obviously, we didn't get to see it. Right. But, you know, we I, I watched that pay-per-view live where they cut the fucking feed on us. Like, never been more terrified in my life for a fall because you could have almost – they could have took it down probably five feet, and it wouldn't have been as terrifying. But they were a good solid 15, 20 feet in the air. Yeah. And he hits concrete, shoulder, and skull. Yeah. It was um, bad. But that's the only reason I – and that's not the only reason why I think SummerSlam is better than All Out. But it was one of the big – it was one of the big detractors for the event. That spot doesn't happen. All Out's probably better to me. I think, like, just I just do. You know, I could probably get past some of the booking decisions, so to speak. I didn't like the end of FTR. Hang. I didn't like, or sorry, of Hangman Omega. 
I wanted a more vicious Kenny. Did he hit him with a table, by the way, at the end? Because because no, I, I saw him. He he, he was gonna hit. He didn't he have the chair? I thought he, he had, had he had like a tray, like you know, yeah. like a, a TV tray almost essentially. I think, and he took it was from ringside. I don't I, I like I said I was watching at work, so I missed that portion of it. But you know, you can comment, let us know if he did. But I can go back later and watch. But I just expected more. Yeah, like it was just there was no for months of frustration of dealing with Adam's bullshit. Kenny didn't let it loose. And at the end of the day, are we now going to get a Kenny Omega Adam Page rivalry? I hope not, because that means somebody's going to get buried, and neither of them need to be buried. Right. Either Hangman needs to focus on the mid card or ha- main event, or Kenny needs to focus on mid card or you know, main event. I think Kenny's main event run has to happen because people have been clamoring for it, and it's hurting his character. He needs to win the AW Championship in the next three to four months. If he doesn't win by the next pay-per-view, by full gear. Well, you can do it because you already have the built-in Moxley, Kenny. I don't think Moxley's dropping the belt to Lance Archer. Yeah. I don't think he is. So I, th- I think Moxley's going to have the belt through through Revolution, which will give Moxley a 365-day reign. It'll make him the longest-reigning title holder in company history. And he's beaten opponent after opponent after opponent after opponent. And then finally, Moxley as a face, which he is currently, will wrestle Kenny as a heel. And Kenny will win, Yeah, um, which is cool with me. And then Kenny heel Kenny leads to face Cody coming back and Cody being Cody running the company. Be like, oh, yep, sorry. You know, 10, 10 different champs since I, I, I lost my match so I can get my shot now. Right. But um, so it's a lot of wrestling. Yeah. Obviously, we covered a lot of other stuff, the, the, the nuances of what's going on in the world as well. Um, I, I'm still ex- as excited as ever about wrestling. Um, I think, you know, I'm excited for Dynamite this week because we get to kind of see the fallout of the pay-per-view. Hopefully, we get a, a significant update on Matt, um, and it's not Rebby tweeting uh, mid-Dynamite of how shitty the company is because right. that's what she was hammering out last night. Um, but... And then we got um, we got the Cole versus Balor on Tuesday. Yeah, and, and like I said, there's some stuff to look forward to. I mean, the fallout's huge, and you know, for any after any pay per view, and obviously you you get a, a title match on Tuesday, and then you get more build. I'm very interested to see the Jay and Roman dynamic develop. Hopefully, it's not just like okay, Jay Uso won, so we're gonna wait until Night of Champions to let him come out in front of people. <laughs> right. Jay's got to come out and speak. Yeah. He's got to talk about things. He's got to do things like I don't know that necessarily he'll be ready to do. Well, I mean, you saw that on at the end of SmackDown, right? But I, I get it. You just wrestled a match, but you you knew you were winning, right? Yeah. You should have known. You know, you should have had more prepared, I guess, for what you were going to say. And and this is where one of those situations where you know you have Mox always talking about, well, I got to go out there and I got to regurgitate lines, and you know, I hate it. Yeah. Well, in this instance, somebody like a Jey Uso who's, yeah, you just wrestled this match, but you've got to drive home the fact that you're the number one contender Tender. now. Yeah. And the only thing you can get out is... The problem is they booked themselves into a corner with that match because Sheamus is a heel, Riddle's a face, Jay's a face, and um, Big E's a face. Well, you had Corbin. Corbin, sorry, sorry. Big E... Sheamus taken out by Sheamus. So you had two two heels, two faces, and they don't want to bury Riddle yet, so they're not going to feed him the Roman. They're not going to book Sheamus because he's got a continuous feud with Big E, 
and nobody, nobody <laughs> wants to see Baron Corbin in the main event, main event picture. Nobody. And so. the thing is, I don't dislike Baron Corbin. I, I know a lot of people. You hate could him. have instantly done the face turn for Chad Gable, had him in Jey Uso's spot, and put. I would. You know what? I would prefer to see Chad Gable versus Roman Reigns at Night of Champions. It would be. I think you'd have less of a squash match. Yes. But does it? Excuse me. Does it again? Does it drive home the fact that we have this new Roman and beating up his own cousin, destroying his or own? Or how cousin? about this? How about fucking AJ Styles? Instead of continuing to put him in the main in in the IC title picture, let Jeff move on in the IC title picture. AJ is gonna. I, I guarantee you, with Paul being over on SmackDown now, that AJ is going back to Raw. Well, we get the we we, we pointed out that we're gonna get the draft in a couple of weeks, so yeah. I think AJ goes back to Raw, which I'm excited for an AJ Styles Drew McIntyre feud at some yeah, point. Yeah, would be good. Or AJ Styles and Randy Orton, because I know they said they wanted to do that yeah. at some point. So I, I still think, I, I said it, I thought Randy was going to win at SummerSlam. Randy's going to win. Randy's going to win this title again. It's going to happen. And it, it, I think it happens at Night of Champions. Unbeknown, you know, it sucks for Drew, but I, I think it happens. Yeah, and I don't mind another AJ Styles-Randy Orton feud. I also wouldn't mind a Drew drop. Well, plus you'll actually get to see this one, right, because you don't have the lights in your face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I would prefer to see... Drew dropped the belt to Randy and moved to SmackDown and feud with Roman. That would be good. Don't that would good. legitimize Roman's place as a heel because Drew's been such a great baby face. Mm-hmm. And he's better chasing the title, which I established in our last issue. Yeah. Um, anything uh, else? No, man. That's all I got. Uh, I mean, like you said, a lot of wrestling. But uh, yeah. if you don't have anything... Yeah, um, just make sure you guys are following us on all forms of social media. Um, right now, we're running... A s- kind of a spotlight special tournament that you know we're asking you as our listeners and our viewers from our you know new YouTube series, which we dropped <laughs> episode two of. Um, it's getting there. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's like way better than the first episode. Yeah, way better than the first episode. <laughs> but like I said, follow us uh, Twitter at DGI Podcast as well as on Instagram at Dad's Got Issues Podcast. We now have our facebook page and our facebook group linked together yes so um like i said we're, we're posting all the poll stuff and and you know voting for this tournament for the saturday morning showdown on our group page because we can't post a poll to our main page for some reason facebook get your shit together <laughs> um but we're asking you guys to interact vote on your favorite saturday morning cartoons and or shows and we're basically going to crown a winner, and whoever wins that mat, that tournament, it, we're going to do a full spotlight episode on. Yeah. Uh, um, by the way, uh, Mark and I, we picked the shows. Yes. So So that's the seating. <laughs> that's why it is. Stop questioning it. Um, but we love you guys. Uh, and, uh, well, I, my brother was <laughs> one of the yeah. first ones. Yeah. Of all people, of all people that's going to call us out is my own brother. Yeah. But <laughs> like I said, I, we picked the shows, so like – you're going to see in the playing round, we have Beetleborgs. Yeah. I guarantee you there's probably 17 people that watch Beetleborgs the entire time it ran. But I was one of them. <laughs> yeah, and I, I loved, was the other. I yeah. was one, so and there I, was 15 I, other people. And I love the, sh- I love the show. I love the, wa- the wackiness behind it. And I get excited when I see it on Netflix because it just takes me back to that moment in my childhood. But somebody's going to go, why didn't you put in VR Troopers? Yeah. <laughs> but so um, Anyway. Yep. So if you guys have any questions, comments, or anything you'd like us to cover, anything that we haven't touched on wrestling-wise to this point, obviously we know New Japan exists. We know Impact exists. Ring of Honor exists. Evil dropped the title in New Japan. 
to back to Naito, yeah. which makes sense. Naito's a better draw. He's a better build. Giving Evil the run with the belts was cool. They need to split the goddamn belts back. They yeah. got to stop doing the double champ thing. I know why they're doing it because they don't have the talent pool to do both sides of the spectrum, but they need to they need to get away from it um, because it, it's hurting the company having a person hold all your gold hostage, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like I said, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, IG, email, whatever it is. You can find us. We're, we're on, online. There, yeah, just um, drop us a line. So with all that being said, I got nothing else. You got nothing else. So let's go ahead and hit our music. <laughs>